rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 54 of the Cosmic Force. And tonight we are talking the Trail of Shadows uh, trade paperback, which is part of the High Republic. So it is going to be uh, lots of fun talking about this little mini series. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into it tonight. And let's go ahead and introduce everybody. Uh, Starting with fun. Emma. Emma. Uh, congratulations. I believe based on a note from earlier, you are done with your semester of, of college, correct? That is correct. Yes. Hello, everybody. Today I had two finals, two very difficult finals, and I am so, so glad that it is done. <laughs> and then right after my two finals, I went to the place I'm renting for school to pack it all up. So it is fair to say I am absolutely exhausted, but That's right. this, I'm is your, so happy this is your this is your old here. setup. This is yeah, I'm back like at home home. Um, That's um, right. All my podcast stuff is out of the condo I was renting, and yeah, so it, it's going to be a fun show, and um, it looks way smoother than it did last week. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, a, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's it's all good here now. All right. Well, it's going to I I thought everything looked great last week. I wasn't here last week. Obviously, I was being a dad. Uh, so I appreciate, I appreciate it anyway. uh, Corey. I appreciate Corey and Timothy stepping in for me and, and filling in. So, uh, yeah, last week was awesome. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and say hello to Caleb tonight. Caleb, how are you doing uh, again with the amazing tie? I I, I am so jealous of, of your, your tie collection. Well, I uh, said you're just a uh, you're just a couple of eBay purchases or Amazon purchases <laughs> away from joining me. But uh, congratulations on you! I saw you're rocking our own show merch, so good on that. Yes, uh, yes, I am. Yeah, no, uh, it was good. I, you know, I I feel like I was one of the few people who actually managed to make it to Free Comic Book Day, more or less, because I knew you would ask me about the things I got. We might get into that a little bit later, but I actually did get a lot of stuff. <laughs> one of us <laughs> yes free comic book day was awesome i don't have the photo uh i think i tweeted the photo earlier this week of my collection because i had to do, go for, i had to shop for four people because oh, if wow. i go i have to bring my kids and if i buy one buy something for one of my kids i have to buy it for that for all three of my kids so that gets a little uh little, little much but we'll talk about that in just a minute and our last host of the night uh timothy i believe this is we, we've talked about this a little bit in the pre-show i believe this is the first time you and i have actually been on the show at the same time because normally you've been filling in for me so this is gonna yeah. be awesome tonight yeah i am so excited um i was talking it was really interesting because last week i hosted with Corey on here and i think that's the first time that i've ever been with him as well and it's weird that it happened on the cosmic force not the living force because <laughs> i typically fill in from there so it's good to finally like get people kind of where they're supposed to be <laughs> um and also if y'all remember from last week um i had a pencil jacob i don't know if I was you can see him or not but he oh, is kind of hidden remember. right oh there. i see him now yes um, just okay. kind of hanging out. Okay. So, Love that. Um, still, still with us. So It'll be my for, favorite uh, thing week to week. Uh, you know, yes. trying to see where he is. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, gonna be for fun. sure. <laughs> uh, we did hear from Jacob. He has um, 
He has passed everything that he needs to pass in order to uh, make his trek over to his internship. So uh, again, we wish him luck and we will make sure that uh, we'll try to find ways to, to have him appear on the show in, in some form or fashion, other than the cardboard style uh, throughout uh, the summer, but uh, best of luck to Jacob. And we can't wait to have you back. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are a star Wars comic comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on youtube.com slash utini every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. And if you can't join us live, that is okay because we are also available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We are also part of the Utini Podcast Network of Shows in a Discord channel at utini.com slash Discord with more than 1,000 members and dozens of channels to choose from. If you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head on over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini Podcast Network of Shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. Um, so before we get into the weekly pull list, um, Caleb, you had mentioned Free Comic Book Day, which was, of course, this past Saturday. So I wanted to kind of go around the room and see, check in. Did, did anybody, did we go to Free Comic Book Day? Did we get anything? Uh, and Caleb, since uh, you gave ahead and gave us a preview, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. So what was your haul from uh, from Free Comic Book Day? I said I got me about half a dozen or two dozen of the actual like free comics. I would leave through some of them. Most of them were pretty good. Some of them were, you know, they're free comic books. So, you know, we can't uh, judge them too harshly. Definitely there to make you buy more and get into the uh, comic. But I did pick up a lot of Star Wars stuff. This has a bit of a story. So the first thing I went to is actually there's a video game store right next to it. So I picked up the two yes. PS2 games I didn't have because I showed Excellent. them off yesterday. So that's the very first Battlefront. And then uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed uh, for the PlayStation 2. I I kind of don't want to ever play this because I'm <laughs> sure it's horribly nerfed from what the original are from the you know, full like PS3, Xbox 360 editions are. But I, one of these days I might try it out just to just to know what I'm getting into there. Um, let's okay. see here. I got uh, this one is for Jared. This is Dark Forces Two, the Dark uh, Empire, Dark Empire Two, Dark nice. Force Rising fourteen. Um, let's see here. The big ones I got is I got a couple floppies. I got the Galactic Bake Off. Uh, so very nice. Just, if only because very it has fun. a recipe in the back, and because I always talk about her and I always put her in all my artist spotlights. Yes. The Peach yeah, Momoko variant so cover good. of Avar Chris. I'm surprised you didn't own that already. I, you know, same. I don't do a lot of physical uh, shopping. So when I was going through the rack, the entire rack of Star Wars comics, and I saw that. I'm like, you know, I, I got to put my money where my mouth is. And then the very last thing I got that was actually is relevant is, ta-da, I actually got the trade paperback nice. for that today's nice. episode, The High Republic, Trail of Shadows. So to see it. that's my pretty major haul here. I will that say. is a nice haul. Absolutely. Um, Timothy, did you end up making it to a comic book store? I did not make it to a comic book store. Um, however, I, I mentioned last week that I was going to start reading the X-Wing comics um, and oh, I did right. start officially. So I'm like nice. one issue in and it was fun. Um, Yay. So very excited to get into that, but no free comics outside. Emma, what about you? Did you get a hit, get a chance to uh, to make it to free comic book day? Unfortunately, I did not. I was I had my you know eyes buried deep in some virology and some cellular and molecular <laughs> biology. <laughs> Those are words that I don't know yes. how to spell. Yeah. Same here. I was struggling with them earlier today. 
<laughs> yes, I uh, I do not have a picture of my entire uh, get for all four of my kids. Um, but if you go to my Twitter at Ty Rags, you can see it. Um, the it highlights, <laughs> the, the, it was a lot. It, it, the highlights, um, my my five-year-old, I think my five-year-old is going to be my comics fan. I've got my oldest is my Star Wars fan. My middle is my Marvel fan. I really think my youngest is going to be my comics fan. Um, oh. I finished his miniseries of Scooby-Doo and Batman. He has all 12 issues of that now. And shout out to Jared uh, again. I got him his first Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comic um, because he loves that TV show. Uh, so that was the two highlights for my kids. For me, since I'm all caught up, since I normally do physical, I, I there wasn't too much for me to get. Um, the only thing that I did end up getting is uh, the Star Wars Adventures, The Light in the Dark uh, collection, because I oh, love nice. these little I love these little books. They're just the perfect size. Um, and the real highlight that I was have my eye on because my local comic book store, um, at, because I have a pull, I get 25% off my trade paperbacks, but on free comic book day, they were also doing 25% off of toys and sculptures. So this is the black series, Darth Vader. And oh, I, love, I love his cape is awesome. He's got oh. a little under cape. He's got the long cape. It's like folded over itself on the shoulders. His little hand is, I don't know if you can see that his little hand is force choking somebody. Um, <laughs> this is just, I, I, I have not owned a Darth Vader toy since I was a kid in the, and, and the power of the force. Uh, so this is uh, this was this was very. I've had my eye on him for like a month, um, so I wanted to make sure that I supported my local comic book store. So he's going to join me tonight on the table because I don't want to put him back there because he's probably going to fall down. Um, <laughs> but yes, that, that, that cape was, is most impressive. The cape, like like that's the thing that I'm the, that I'm that I'm most excited about because it is awesome. Um, I've got a couple more black figures up there behind the Funkos on my my toy all my toys um but yeah so but that was that was the highlight so that was i also consider com uh, free comic book day win for me um and yeah it's a lot of fun so very nice that is it for free comic book days so, uh, which was saturday but um if you happen to go to the comic book store today we have um one week uh thing on the weekly pull list so emma do you want to go ahead and say which uh which book this is that's correct. We actually have um, that and a manga. Let me just should have worn my glasses, I realize. <laughs> um, so actually, really quickly. So we don't have any new patrons this week, but I do want to say a really quick thank you to our patrons. Um, if you're watching this and you watched last week, too, you probably know that last week didn't go very well and it looks much better all of a sudden and this is because uh you know i'm producing while jacob is out uh and i just want to say a huge thank you to our patrons because uh your generous uh, uh money allowed us to actually in a very tight you know kind of emergency situation get a new computer so that i can be able to stream uh and make sure that it doesn't look like you're getting like one frame per second you know on youtube <laughs> so uh, very much appreciate our patrons. It allows us to do stuff like that and also all of our celebration stuff, which speaking of celebration, I got my celebration merch in today. I'm wearing Ooh. the hat. I also got a shirt with this logo on it and the pin, of course. Uh, but, you know, we've got some really awesome stuff at celebration. 
some giveaways. We got stickers, pins, bookmarks. So if you're going to celebration, please come find us at our booth. Uh, Timothy, you might know the, the booth number on the top of your head, oh, do you? It's like 26 something. 26. Yes. Yeah. Something um, six at the end, I think. Shoot, I should have wrote it down. maybe. That sounds familiar. Uh, I will put it in the chat when I find it. Um, but definitely find us uh, uh, at the booth. We'll Is be it... tweeting about it, and and you'll you'll certainly know about it. Yeah. So just yeah, thank we are, you to we are... all of our patrons. Yeah, we are twenty six eighty six. Twenty six eighty six. All right, twenty six eighty six. Please come and get some freebies and. Uh, we've also got Celebration. That's on the Saturday of Celebration. Uh, you can find a uh, a link to RSVP. It's like right on the homepage of our website. Uh, I believe that goes from 6 to 9 p.m. Saturday of Celebration at the um, uh, Steel Gar- Steel Steelcraft. Steelcraft in Garden Grove. <laughs> uh, yes, so definitely come join us. Celebration, guys, is it's two weeks away. Or two weeks from tomorrow, if you're watching this live. So, so it is getting there. <laughs> it is getting there. Uh, so definitely expect some, uh, you know, some more Celebration-esque content from all of us. We're, we're getting hyped over here. I'm sure everybody else is, too. All right. With that, let's get on to our weekly pull list. Um, first up, we have Halcyon Legacy number 3, A Cause Worth Fighting For, written by Ethan Sachs, with pencils by Will Sliney, uh, the cover by E.M. Geist, inks by Will Sliney, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, and also this week, we have a manga. I don't know how Jacob does this. Very hard to do two things at once. All right, here we go. Uh, it is uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Volume 2. The uh, I believe that the... Uh, this is just the English translation. I believe the other one has been out for a little while. Uh, but either way, that is out today, uh, yesterday. Uh, written by Claudia Gray and Harauchi with pencils also by Harauchi. Um, and I think we can all see Bail Organa there. Uh, Eric's in the chat. Eric, you know, you should. Oh, he, I see in the chat. Who is that on the cover? You know who it is. Uh, uh, that's that, that's Emperor Palpatine. That's Grandma Tarkin. A minor uh, character, Grandma yeah, Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Minor, minor character, major minor character, Grandma Tarkin. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So uh, as always, you can find all of those links in the description below if you'd like to pick up your own copies. All right. Um, we're going to do a really short what we're loving. Uh, is anybody reading anybody anything in particular of note other than Brotherhood? Or, uh, oh, Jay, uh, Caleb's got a finger up there. I don't, know excited, where, yes. I don't know if we're fancy drinking or if it's, that's a <laughs> hey, pick me finger. Hey, pick me. So last <laughs> okay. week, I mentioned that I had just started uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the uh, 2015 John Jackson Miller story. Yes. As of, as of two hours ago, so I think, I, nope, sorry, one hour ago, 7.30, I finished it. Very nice. Yeah, so I, I got it. I got it in before like the last week of uh, of uh, of the uh, Kenobi week that we have coming in. So uh, if I did it in a week, you guys can do it in a week. So um, that's because they're doing a roundtable on that next week, I want to say, on, our, on the uh, Legends Look Back. That's correct. Yeah. Next week is Kenobi week and we'll have some more information about that at the end of the show. But definitely keep your eye out for all things Kenobi. We've got Kenobi fever over at Utini. Exactly. I wonder why. So, I mean, just randomly. I don't know. Decided to just, let's, let's, let's focus on Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, 
yeah, I am about to start uh, Brotherhood. I just got that in today. And that is nice. because I have now finished. If you are our, our listeners of Legends Look Back, uh, you know that we are doing a race to the finish uh, for myself or for all the hosts, actually, I think now. Uh, I finished my third Legends book earlier today. Um, it was The Clone Wars, No Prisoners. Um, so I am now taking a break from Legends, um, and I'm probably going to give up my lead because I believe Jared has read two and a half books in like three days. At least it seems that way. Uh, he's not playing around. No, he has not been playing around. Oh, my gosh. He does not want to lose. And it was funny because I said something in our team Slack about like um, – Oh, that's right. I was trying to finish it. I was like, I really hope I can finish this book today before uh, before Brotherhood gets here. And he sent like a good luck Han Solo gif. And it just it it screamed like the bravado of Han Solo. Mm. And I was very much intimidated by that. because oh, that was You like, spoke too soon. <laughs> that was totally like, oh, you're going to need it because I am coming for you. So yeah, it's been fun being in the lead, but by the time we, we come back next week, I don't think I'm going to be in the lead anymore. So, um, but yes, you can be sure to check in on Legends Look Back on Thursday nights at uh, 9.30 uh, where they do regular updates on, on that, our little competition there as well. All right, let's go ahead and go to our uh, a quick break. And then when we come back, we are talking about uh, the Trail of Shadows. So we will be right back. Okay, so we are here to talk about uh, the Trail of Shadows, a High Republic story. The writer was Daniel Jose Older. Penciler was David Watcher. Uh, uh, colorist was Gita Marcino. Uh, cover artist was David Lopez. And the very first issue came out in October of 2021. Um, so uh, for those of you who haven't been uh, on the pulse of Utini history, we are moving away from our standard, uh, from the standard you know, 1 to 10 ranking into something that's a lot more... Uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, section based. And I'm very, very happy about that. So we're not going to worry about giving an initial rating right now, but uh, we do want to, I do want to kind of like preface this with a few questions just uh, before we get into the summary here. Um, everyone just co- really quick, what really got you excited for this comic? Like when you first start reading it or first started hearing about it, was there anything that really, uh, like, how are you feeling when you first heard about this? I think definitely hearing that Daniel Jose Older was going to tackle an adult comic. Um, I mean, because I love his work on the IDW stuff. It's really solid. But I just want to see his take on, uh, you know, stuff that could be incorporated more in some of the adult comics. And he didn't disappoint. Like there was a little bit of romance. You know, there's some like grungy kind of underworld stuff. It was really, really awesome. And, you know, the other thing, too, was uh, certainly the preview pages that were on StarWars.com. Uh, for this comic were absolutely wild with, uh, you know, spoiler alert, you know, there's going to be full spoilers in this roundtable, just so that we make that clear, mm-hmm. um, with Loden, Great Storm, you know, husked, obviously, from uh, from the uh, the Rising Storm. That, right then, I knew that this was going to be absolutely insane. Um, so I, I was, honestly, this was like my most anticipated higher public project, uh, you know, of uh, wave, wave three from the jump and i think i think he has a mystery background as well and so knowing that this was going to be like a a murder mystery kind of story um and that he was going to really get into that seediness i was all for that Mm. um so that's that's thing it kind of went back to his roots a bit um but with an adult star wars twist so 
this yeah. this one was it was uh, it was weird for me because I must have been busy because be, when when this first came out with like actual life things because I read the first one I tried like two times to read the second issue and I just I either I didn't finish it or I didn't understand what I, what was going on and and I wasn't paying attention to it so I was like I was like you know what I'm just gonna wait until all five of these are out and and you know. I, finish it gives me the time to finish whatever else was distracting me at the time or or let the kids finish off what they were doing um and so i reread all five of them when they came out i think by the time i got around to trying to read issue two i was waiting for issue four to come out um so it it took me a while to get into it but just like almost every single piece of of high republic content that we have have out the third act in this was outstanding Mm. Um, and if you are consuming everything for that, the high Republic has put out, I would argue that this is the single most impactful thing that has happened outside of the great disaster at the beginning pages of, of light of the Jedi. Totally that's agree. how, that's yep. how monumental this is as, as the end of of this first wave and then the comeback next week you know when we finally get around to it for uh for for wave not wait phase three phase three um, so yeah that's that's it was really really good and, and i was really excited for it exactly one of the things that really stood out to me was that it was teased and advertised as a murder mystery and i love seeing star wars do different sorts of genres in it so i was looking forward to a lot of you know hard drinking you know smooth <laughs> jazz uh, <laughs> uh backroom deals stem fatals i was really excited about that and we got a decent amount of that here, i was so. gonna say we got a little bit of that yeah yeah it wasn't like it wasn't full black and white comic yet but you know uh, I was really happy with what we got out of it. So, um, you know, it looks like we've got some pretty good uh, discussion here. So let's move into the summary because we got a lot of uh, ground to cover because when I was doing the show notes for the summary, like there's a lot of very dense paragraphs here. And I did my best, guys. But if it flows <laughs> a little awesome. weird, um, just read the comics. Now you're All right. Good. Well, issue one starts out in, in, in probably the most awful way possible uh as we open up on the husk of Loden great storm being uh washed away by the rain out in the aftermath of the battle of grizzle uh jedi master emrick kaftor is put on the case by his friend stellan geos to figure out what has happened and what the what does does the the, the jet do the jedi need to do meanwhile on coruscant's lower levels private investigator Cyan? Is that, am I? I believe it's uh, Cyan. Cyan. Cyan? Cyan? Okay. Well, like the color, okay. yeah. I'm usually, I'm usually wrong, which is why I ask. Cyan Holt is suspicious of her partner, Kiefer, and follows him to a meetup with uh, an undercover contact, but it goes south when an unknown assailant kills Kiefer, um, his contact, and almost snuffs out Cyan. Uh, Emmerich follows, uh, uh, following a lead on Vrant Tarnum leads a, or leads a Republic commando team to drive off a Nihil force in the open ruins. He finds an inscription referencing an old nursery rhyme that has been stuck in his head since Grizzle. And this is the most terrifying nursery rhyme I've ever heard. I, don't, yeah. I, I mean, it is, it is crazy. Uh, and that's all just an issue one. Uh, Caleb, you've got uh, the summary for issue two. Yes. So, um, 
issue two starts with essentially no mo- progress has been made after months of uh, just sitting around. Uh, tired Chancellor Lena So brings both Emmerich and Cyan together. Apparently, her former partner was working deep undercover for the Republic. An unknown Nihil is trying to sell a powerful weapon on the black market known for killing Jedi. Uh, this unknown Nihil's agent, uh, Abrath Fall was the one who killed Kifar, but the investigators have just gotten a new lead. On Vorzid 5, the pair find a, cr- find a crime scene where the informant has made can- contact with Fall. Uh, following the clues, they track him through several dead Nihil and finally lay eyes upon his employer, Dr. Uttersound. All right, so that was issue two. Uh, next, issue three, Cyan and Emmerich meet up with uh, Jedi Master Stellan Geos and update them with their findings. Uh, and the Senate has a Nihil leak, and Dr. Uttersand is uh, working independent from the eye of the Nihil himself, Martian Rowe. Dr. Uttersand is, uh, is under suspicion from Martian Rowe, uh, but his watcher, uh, they're killed by fall. Uh, when the Nihil reinforcements arrive, they find Uttersand badly wounded and left for dead. On Starlight Beacon, the investigators find Serret and Tarek suffering from the weapon that killed Loden, and they question Keeve, who saw something, which is, by the way, a great tie-in to the High Republic uh, Marvel series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmerich bre- uh, begins to open up to Cyan about connections and showing affection. Um, yeah, so that is the end of issue three. And issue four, which is probably uh, my favorite issue. I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. uh, we follow Dr. Utterson, a.k.a. Corey Helton. Just kidding. On his home world <laughs> and a newcomer, Bisar, a volunteer spy tasked by the Jedi and emboldened by her dead wife. Bisar sneaks aboard the doctor's transport and signals the Jedi their location. The heroes, along with the Republic strike force, engage the Nile in a space battle as Emmerich cuts his way on board the transport, only to be overwhelmed by the weapon it held in large metal cages. Cyan saves the day, disarming Fell, and flying away with Emmerich, Bisar, and Dr. Ottersound to the safest place they know, the Starlight Beacon. Maybe. <laughs> and that's <laughs> dun, where dun, dun. we find them at the beginning of issue five. And obviously, shocker, it's not very safe because <laughs> there is some sort of attack on uh, Starlight Beacon. Uh, Emmerich is able to bring the ship into dock. They meet Torben and Court, who are protecting a group of younglings. Having come all this way, the party advances to find one of the Jedi-killing monsters. Emmerich is nearly overcome with fear and despair, but Cyan manages to anchor him as they get a call from the beast and retreat. Torben stays behind on the station with, again, we, we begin with some amazing art. We end with some, amaz- <laughs> with, 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 with some amazing art. Um, we, will, uh, we will get to that. Uh, Torben stays behind on the station to help where he can. The investigation have their answer and a trophy but victory seems shallow compared to the loss around them and that is where we end issue five with a bit of a conclusion Ugh. to this story mm-hmm. but lots Oof. answer are pro- providing more questions and answers for the overall scope of of uh the high republic um so yeah very very great little mini store uh mini arc here um so let's go ahead and get into our our care in-depth discussion on our characters so caleb which character do we are we discussing first tonight uh we're going to talk about imric capifor yeah cap thor the jedi master um you know 
I really like Emmerich a lot. And this is my my first question here is, is Emmerich the best example of what the Jedi in the High Republic should be? I know we have so many great other examples with um, Abar Chris and Stellan Geos. Uh, you know, he's both equally comfortable leading military forces and yet also hugging scared friends. You know, I think that kind of seems to sum up what they're going for with the Jedi during this High Republic. Wouldn't you agree? I would love to see the I wish somebody of his temperament and persona, as you just described, was in a leadership position. Because it would be very interesting. I've said this before. I really feel like the High Republic is setting up to be allowing too much emotion um, and too much connection, um, which leads to the Jedi Council as we see it in the prequel trilogy being so closed off, which eventually leads to the downfall, as we all know. And I and and you put hit the nail on the head. I really think if his temperament was in charge. And more of him were in charge of 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 the the you know the Jedi happenings. I, it would be a fascinating story as to how the council would operate because I really think that he is a very balanced Jedi who is confident but understands that he has flaws uh, and needs the help of others in order to you know to to solve anything you know the greater good you know for lack of a better term um great character i was i really really enjoyed enjoyed watching him throughout this uh throughout this arc yeah i've got to say like he is probably one of my favorite characters coming out of this like um he just seems so balanced but not in the way that jedi are supposed to be but in a way that a human should be i guess if that makes any mm. sense oh absolutely um, good 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 yeah i mean just a you know really great character and uh justin said something hilarious in the chat he makes <laughs> obi-wan's detective work in attack of the clones inc- look incredibly lackluster <laughs> i hate I to agree 100 percent agree 100 percent agree. <laughs> yeah. agree you're not you're not wrong justin i mean as much as we want to disagree i can't um so yeah i, I thought he was a super interesting character i wish that the Jedi would take some, like as a group, I'm saying, would would take some pages out of his book because I think he's one of the most balanced Jedi that I've seen, especially out of this era. Exactly. I think one of my favorite moments is in issue two when they're trying to bluff their way into like the crime scene and CN comes up with some line of like, you know, oh, we're, we're secret investigations. And when there's press on it, like, Emmerich immediately has her back. Like, of course you don't know anything about secret investigations. Like they like that sort of immediate camaraderie of like, I do not mind lying to these, uh, to this police officer to get where I need to go. And that's that, that was that moment of like, Oh, so he's, he's kind of cool playing fast and, and loose with what he wants. Yeah, yeah. He's very aware, very, very aware of his limits um, and his fallibility as a, as a person and, and knowing that Jedi can be weak and knowing that, yeah, their pride is what eventually gets the best of them at some point after this era. Um, it's cool to see someone as, as humble as him going through this process. And I mean, being a good investigator, um, there's a quote at the end of the, um, at the end of the book. Let me see if I can pull it up. I have it saved somewhere. Um, he basically says for even in the darkest hours, knowledge defeats fear and shines through the shadows to show us the path back to the light. Um, and I love that. And him being an investigator, being a little bit more humble, being open to knowledge and, and understanding his, his limits, I think makes him such a fantastic 
um, person to lead a story like this. Um, and the fact that we got to be introduced to him and knowing that he still has some close connections with Stellan and like, he was aware of the whole love triangle between, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, Stellan and Elzar and Avar and like, Knowing I mean, at he's this point, tight, he wasn't like, aware. Right. That's fair. That's very fair. It's very fair. But uh yeah, it's cool. I I really like really like what uh DJO did with him. Exactly. So I have one more quick side po- point here. Um it seems like Imric is set up to be like if we had a High Republic video game, he seems like the most tailor-made to be a video game protagonist, you know? Like he I has his connections, he's lightsaber, yeah. and he has a cool droid. Yes. Yeah. He, that droid. He reminded me of, of BD One from Jedi Fallen Order. I would. I had to do show notes. I was like, wait a second. Are they the same droid? Okay, they're just <laughs> similar, but they're not the exact same one. Yeah, he's kind of like okay. super handy and chills on his back, and you know, yeah, he's and he's cute too. Like he's a <laughs> cute little droid. <laughs> so when are we getting Cherry Knight High Order? You know, uh, Risen Order, I guess. Anyway. Yes. Yes, please. Starlight Noir. Wasn't there an L.A. Noir game a little while ago? You had to like interrogate people and figure out if they were lying or not. I can totally I'm like, see pretty that. Pretty sure right. I saw yes. that. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, yes. L.A. Noir uh, was ten years ago. The, that might have been the 360. I think that uh, was. I think that's like ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he fits. Starlight yes, Noir. Yes, I, I want me. that. But in the higher public, yes, yes, please. Exactly. So. Uh, we did uh, talk about this a little bit with his relationship with Sion, uh, Sion, they, they it saved him several times during the uh, latter half of the story because she wasn't affected by the Shriek Ray. Um, do you think other Jedi will start to model, model this behavior? Do you think, or for lack of a better term, should Jedi have like a token non-force user like tied to her side moving forward? I hope so. It's it was a brilliant play, I think, to to put the two of them together. Um, I, yeah, I, I would hope that at the end of this, that he goes back and he's like, "Hey, I figured out a way that we might be able to to get through this. Everybody has a has a buddy, <laughs> buddy, buddy system." system. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I mean, I think that like she was definitely necessary to include in the story because we needed a, a non force user uh, to be able to like see through the Shri Karai. I think I'm saying that right. Um, that's and a discussion for later. Good. Okay. I'm glad we need this discussion. <laughs> but um, I, I'm glad that she was included as that character, though, because she wasn't just included as like a a plot device. Like, you know, she had her own character and she had her own, you know, she had her own arc even, really. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, while she did save him a lot, um. It, it certainly was for a good purpose and moved the story along, but it wasn't, um, that wasn't her only purpose, which I think probably could have easily fallen into that trap. But um, I think Daniel avoided that very well. I enjoy the idea of the social commentary about the Jedi needing a non-force user to accomplish their ultimate goal yeah uh because yeah. the jedi are seen as the saviors i mean that's you know they're the mystic you know the the the, the mystic religious zealot who has does these crazy things with their minds and they do like and and they've always been portrayed as as the the, the heroes the saviors and so times like in the last jedi luke's perspective in the last jedi or or to, or the commentary of the jedi aren't perfect they need somebody else i think 
is a really, really fascinating thing to, to, to see. So I would love to see it. I think we all know that it's not going to happen because there there's with all of that talk comes the bravado and the, 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 I don't even know what the, about, you know, we don't, we can do all the thing. We are Jedi We're we're meant to, we are better than people, whether we want to admit it or not, we can solve these things. So, um, I would love to see it, and I love I, lo- I love the idea of the social commentary of it, uh, and and these two really really play well off each other. I didn't even think of it as a metaphor. I honestly thought of it more as like a practical thing, but I like it as a metaphor much better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So speaking of um, you know, kind of metaphors and analogies and um, archetypes, let's talk about C and Holt for a little bit. Um, she seems to be you know when we first got you know, some previews here, it looked like we'd have like a hard-boiled detective and did like the, the nerdy type, but C and Holt seems to be kind of a mix of like two major tropes from the noir uh, genre, and that's, she's both hard-boiled detective and femme fatale. Uh, do you guys, are you guys familiar with this? Like, do you think this was a really good mixture of the archetypes, or did it seem like a kind of a strange thing to try to put in one character? I, I liked it. I'm, I'm not super familiar with this, like, genre outside of just like the stereotypes that we all know about but um i think i think based on what i know about the genre i think it could have been super easy to just make her like the arm candy who does literally nothing um and i'm very glad that that wasn't the case i think that they they made her this like kind of like slightly mysterious kind of you know typical like sexy kind of you know mysterious you didn't know too much about her but but they but it wasn't done in like a like a negative way i thought it was good for the story um and i thought that she could really hold her own like in this case even more than emmerich could because she didn't have in this case it was a benefit to not have the force on your side so uh i didn't think that the mix was strange i, I kind of liked it you know because she it's it, i mean everybody's got you know those different sides to them you can be like super serious in one moment and then also kind of like, you know, sexy in the other one. I don't know. <laughs> well, I loved I, Eric pointed out in the chat, like the contrasts are so striking between them. Yeah. And you've got Emmerich, who is this kind of nerdy, seems like he would like kind of the forensics on the back half, like the backside of things. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll try to solve the puzzle after it's already done. And you've got her who just cyan just goes into it. I mean, like she is fully involved in the story. She is leading the charge. Um, and that's really cool to see that pairing and, and to have kind of flipped it in that way. Cause maybe it's traditionally the other way around. Yeah. Um, so to see her, you know, going in and trying to figure out what happened to her partner and, um, really leading the charge and pushing for like, Hey, you're not going to go and battle this thing by yourself. I'm coming with you, you dummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like to see her kind of take charge in that way was, was really dope. Um, and I, I truly bought every aspect of her character, like every, like her going up on stage and like singing and, and doing all that cool stuff and like making little jabs at him. Like I totally bought all of that as, as who she was. So it was really cool. I loved her character as we got on with the series. And I, I think that's one of the things. And again, I, I, I said that I was distracted and not really paying attention to the first two issues that, that I, when I first tried reading it. And I think all of the elements of her character was a lot. If I mean, if I'm not paying full attention, I'm not really consuming everything that that there is on the pages. 
there's a lot of her backstory and a lot of elements of her that um, to, to, to consume. Um, so that might have been thinking now, you know, reading through the the some of the panels and 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 going through our, our our discussion, there was a lot to unpack there in that first one and a half issues. But as I, I think from the time that they started with that playful banter, I believe was an issue two where they're getting into their disguises and like the the panel like like Emmerich is changing and like the panel is like very suggestive of like okay there's some tension there's there, there's some there's some attraction here um as the two of them got warmer with each other that's kind of when my interest in my for for the two characters uh really started to follow their level of interest for each other just because like i said it, i think a lot of it has to do with i just wasn't wasn't paying you know reading it the, the first time through too too in depth but i do remember that there was a little bit there was a lot to to consume in that in that first book and a half Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy with her character. I think, you know, it would have been, for like a better term, easy to be um, to be to try to subverse this sort of thing and make her 100 percent hard boiled private eye shoot first, take no questions, you know, kind of a gruff personality. But I really like what DJO did with her uh, character. And like she is a lot more nuanced. She has her music. She also has, you know, is is encouraging Emmerich to open up several times in you know, plot him wrong that way. I love, like, it's a great dynamic that she has here. And she moves into, like, being a kind of fully formed character, as we've mentioned here. Yeah, and, and one thing that I'll also mention, too, is imagine that we're in the 90s, and this is Legends, mm-hmm. right? If this story was in Legends, she would have had the skimpiest outfit. She would have been sexy helpless uh nothing to do plot device that or she would have been sexy but super badass and be able to shoot all the guns and hang with the boys with the best and that right. would have been her character i'm like, so they glad would have been that like, we we're can... so subjective because she can actually shoot people like like you know like a boy <laughs> right so it's like oh that makes it better but like i'm so glad that like this day and age like she has a super cool it looks like a like a flight suit almost right um mm-hmm. it, very cool um she can you know she shows like both those sides of her right like she can take control of the situation but she can also like do her little singing thing on the side and kind of still have that like that part of her that is you know slightly sexy and mysterious but it's not that's not just like straight up all of her character and i th- i think all of this is to say is that she's incredibly three dimensional, and I think that's really she, she important. She saves the day. She does. Yeah, she's multiple she's times. a good yeah. character. Without yeah. her, without her, everybody uh, in, in issue five dies because there's yeah. nobody left to mm-hmm. to that's get right. off of the station. So I mean, she is the most important character in this whole arc because without her, there a, a without a, a a female non force user, every single one of those Jedi die at the end. Yeah. I mean, or or are left in a very, very not beneficial position, you know, because there, there's still a couple of people who were, you know, are they or are they not, you know, but but they are in a much better position position. And there are and she saved a number of younglings, uh, you know, yeah. at the end uh, because of uh, of her talents. Yeah, I if very anything, much like the way that DJO writes 
women. Um, I always have. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, whether it's in the IDW comics, whether it's in some of those books, I think he does a very good job of, of not, you know, kind of reducing them to just one thing, no matter what that one thing is. Yeah, I, I love, I think that DJO gave us exactly what we needed to have of, of both of these characters, both mm-hmm. Emmerich and Cyan, but I would love to get a more expounded backstory on her and her yes. time in the force and everything that she was working on. So put DJO on a YA novel with her yes, in it, please. like as a lead character, I would take it any day. I hope we get a lot more from both of them going forward. Um, Cause I think that this particular story and these two characters probably jived with me more than just about anything else in the high Republic. Um, I agree with that. So, wow. High praise. So speaking of like uh, moving forward and resolution here, uh, she never did kill uh, Arthab Fell, who was the uh, the muscle who uh, shot her in the very first uh, issue and also killed her former uh, partner. Was just disarming her him enough for her to get resolution for her character plot? Or do you think there's still some things unresolved there? Mm, I, I honestly think that like, her saying that she wanted revenge and stuff. I honestly think that that was just kind of, a, you know, a facade, honestly, you know, cause she said that in front of, uh, you know, Lena. So and the Lisa. other politicians, um, I honestly think that that was a facade. She doesn't really strike me as somebody who is, um, like super vengeful. I wouldn't say like, I think that her having some sort of a higher purpose such as working with emmerich on this case kind of you know allows her to like take her mind off of it and feel like she's doing something to like avenge her partner instead of you know kind of like dwelling on it maybe okay yeah Yeah. i I feel like that that plot point was dropped fairly quickly yeah um, yeah certainly and and moved moved on towards uh towards the we save what we love more than (laughs) more than fighting the things we hate so and I, i was totally fine with that me too Exactly. So speaking of Arthab Fowl, the uh, muscle, uh, he's kind of our primary antagonist for the first couple issues. He's just a big bundle of muscle for someone who's actually pulling the strings. Um, Again, we didn't see him killed, but when we see him again in the future in phase three, do you think we'll be able to continue his story with Cyan or do you think he'll be here as like an antagonist for someone else? I bet we never see him again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i think they're a bigger I, fish to fry <laughs> i'd I love to see both i'd love for him to be swept up in some greater evil which forces us to return to bring sign back into whatever story it is you know in, in, in phase three so if we can use fall to to, to bring sign back hey then he's he's done his job uh, because he's, I mean, I don't need to see him again, but if uh, I want to see the other, the, you know, the good Cyan and, 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 uh, Emmerich. and Emmerich back. Absolutely. So speaking of the one who's actually pulling the strings, let's move on to have our final character uh, here, Dr. Uttersound. Um, his betrayal of Roe seems a little sudden. Uh, do you think he just wants to get money now? Or do you think Uttersound is since he's kind of works directly on the gaze electric for uh for martian road do you think he's seen like into the nihil coming even though they are on an ascendant path do you think he's trying to get out uh while the game's good and he is slippery i don't think he was ever fully <laughs> i don't think he was ever fully down with anyone like he you know i could tell he was in it for himself even even before we had this like you could tell he was 
he was sketchy. And I mean, you know, and basically anytime there's a doctor in Star Wars that does anything mildly evil, you just should not trust them. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that like, you know, Martian, I think, you know, hopefully he'll learn his lesson. I I don't think I don't think Utterson is, you know, was in it. For, for anything but himself and and maybe maybe to try to like sell the weapon on the black market i think maybe he saw an opportunity like oh the nihil can fund my research uh but i'll make all the profit and just jump ship you know that that's what i honestly mm. think, he's, think he's, he's gonna pay thinking. off medical school <laughs> exactly he literally said when, it, when i when i read that again i laughed so hard because mm-hmm. it's like it's that tiny bit of real world that is like so true and i i love seeing it in star wars like they have medical school bills too like him and him and our our founder dr Corey helton are like two piece in a pod both <laughs> doctors deep in debt short hairy <laughs> uh, so uh justin in chat in the chat just put a really good way uh he think you know the way he sees it is that Dr. Ursan is just so afraid of Roe that he's just trying to get out of the casino while he still has chips in his pocket. Now, that's a good way of putting it of like, mm. you yeah, know, I, I think it's 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 survivor mentality of mm-hmm. um, he reminds me, you know, as in the middle of this discussion, he reminds me a lot of Uchi of Bestoon and that, oh, yeah. yep. hey, yep. you're in power now. I should put my you know, I should hook. On, grab onto your coattails but the second you stomp something start hits the pit in the fan over here i am jumping ship to these guys so great that's comparison that's I, I see a lot of of comparison in those two in those two characters absolutely uh so another point here about him trying to sell out and get that money he's trying to sell a jedi killing weapon essentially on the black market so obviously there must be a buyer for it outside of the Nihil, outside of his organization. This is just some like weird meta discussions here about the state of the Star Wars universe in the High Republic. But who would those buyers be, do you think? Like what sort of people would say, yes, I'll buy, you know, 10 Jedi killing warheads, please. The first things that came to mind were the huts for Same. me. Same, I was just about to say that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They've they've had such an emphasis um, in the last. I mean, I mean, really since this has started, and then they've also been big, um, obviously in the the time between Empire and, and Return of the Jedi, um, their whole arcs there. But I don't know. It seems like a hut stay in the sun, and uh, they they seem to not like Jedi at all. So I'm all there for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm considering- I agree with you there. Maybe maybe also like I wonder if we're about to get some like black market type of like drug dealer type of thing kind of like uh maybe the rise of the syndicates i wonder if we're gonna see that that would be interesting that'd be really cool. yeah I, I was just about to say considering this is a time of peace and and we've got we've been given no reason to think that that stuff exists yet as as, as emma you just said maybe we're gonna get that i i i can't think of a better answer than the huts well i do have one like Huts probably would have the most money to throw around, but remember, there is hidden in the shadows during this time frame, a uh, master and an apprentice of the Sith Lords. That is true. Uh, like yeah. they have got, like you know, they would be looking for something like tailor made to kill Jedi. So they would be the ones who would be probably make the most benefit from it. But again, we haven't seen or heard anything Sith wise one way or the other. So maybe we'll get more of that in Phase Two. Maybe we'll get some more. Uh, explanation here but yeah, you know it would also be interesting being that the i mean the the weapon he's trying to sell is the nameless themselves right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i, I would, would agree, almost yes. i would almost wonder how that would affect 
Sith if they were in control since it is a it dampens mm. and kind of freaks out force abilities. That's I wonder if there's point. something it would be an like interesting or something. Yeah, it'd be an interesting tick if they like lean into that or if it I don't know. Okay, Justin in the chat. It. This is funny. Huts do also enjoy collecting rare dangerous animals. <laughs> Got a point. <laughs> Got yeah. a point. Justin coming in with the points. Mm-hmm. My God. Exactly. All right. So the last point I want to ask about Doctor Other Sound here is he, he's, he has two scales here. What which is heavier? Do you think he is a more funny character or is he a more tragic character? I think he's tragic. For I me. think he's he's comedically tragic. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would say tragic. But I honestly think none of them. I think he's frustrating <laughs> I, 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 my point is i think he's more of a funny sort of character i think like his, his speech about listen i don't care about the republic i don't care about nihil i don't care about politics i only care about money and and, and living to see tomorrow that's that's it that's my only two yeah. things i mean the part with his family was pretty sad though like i mean I, the fact that he would risk a, all that there's a backstory there. Like he's, he's clearly talented at what he does. Right. Um, like he's, he's really good at it. So maybe it's one of those things he's just kind of picked up and moved to it. And that's why he has to stay alive. I don't know. There's, there's more to it. And he's probably just grown cynical in the, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm probably not gonna get out of it, but I didn't really have much of a choice. So unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah, he is funny though. He he has some some oh, great yeah, moments sure. there in chapter four. All the close ups of him and uh, like his eyes get really big and he's like holding the rifle or whatever. I'm like, it's he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Chadra fans in general are like I find super funny. Like they're they're one mm-hmm. of the like wackiest little creatures. I think. <laughs> right up there with Kowakian monkey lizards. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, let's move into some more general discussion questions. And I think this is the one that we teased a little bit ago. How does the song go? Is it, you know, Sheree Karay Karay? Is it Sheree Karai Karai? What do you guys think? I think it's the second one. I, I think, yes. The way that it, 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 in the show notes, you say that the book mentions that it should rhyme with a way, but the audio drama pronounces it more of a rye. I think the book is the greater is in, in, in the in the source material. I think the comic book trumps mm-hmm. the audio drama narrator's perspective. So I'm going to go with uh, Ray, which rhymes yeah. with the way. Actually, yeah, I think too. you convinced me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, it makes sense you. for it to have to rhyme with the way. Like if you're yeah. thinking about it, like from a structure standpoint, the song, like it, that makes sense. Exactly. And when I first read the song, I know we also do not to keep, you know, putting the audiobook down, but I always thought it was like more quicker cadence. It's like, Cherie, Karay, Karay, we're coming to take you away. You know, that sort of more quick cadence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was, it was more uh, fast paced, but meanwhile, the, uh, the audio drama was a much more like a wailing sort of slow tune. I thought it was a little more quicker because that's what I originally thought to if you know, uh, you know, just because I listened to a lot of seventies, uh, you know, gag songs, and that's what I originally thought of. <laughs> I think maybe like that's the, like the nursery rhyme part of it is the slowness, maybe. 
Although, Makes by the way, creepy. yeah, I know. By the way, what a horrible nursery rhyme. Like, right? did the person just want to like freak them out or make them not go to sleep? Well, okay. If you do deep dive on all sorts of nursery rhymes, they, a lot of them get really dark. That's true. I was going to say, this reminds me a lot of like Ring Around the Rosie. Where it's yep. like, yeah. you know, I, I'm now understanding what, the, and this is not a song that I, my 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 five year old should be dancing to in, in on the playground. Like, hold on one second. Or like when you're listening uh, that, to a song on the radio and you're like, man, this is catchy, and then all of a sudden you like take a second to think about like, the words. And you're oh, like, oh, like, they're talking about like, drugs. What? Like, okay. like oh, <laughs> oh let, let's let's go to genius lyrics. Oh no, <laughs> oh boy, that has happened to me so many times. <laughs> All right, so uh, official uh, the Cosmic Force. It is Cherie Curay Curay. Yes. Stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. There we go. All right, so um, this is a more kind of big story. Do a question here. Does the trade paperback work as a standalone story, or is the context of the greater High Republic required to make it make sense? I feel like one. this might be, I feel like this I is have, like the, in my personal opinion, I feel like this could be the High Republic's biggest long-term failing is that you need to read it all like together and kind of in a set order. Like you yes. cannot just read all of the comics and then go back and read the books. You have to read the first book, the first volume, then the second book, then the second volume, and then like the Trail of Shadows and then the third book at the, like while in between the issues. I feel like, they've done such a brilliant job tying it all together that sometimes it's hard to pull individual stories out. Mm. Host, how do you This feel? was the major question that I had amongst us in our private chat about, you know, le- preparing for the show. Um, if I were to look at my friend who casually reads star Wars, he's read two or three star Wars books, loves the movies, loves the TV shows, you know, animated real and you know uh, live action if i were to give him this this trade paperback and say read this i don't think he'd enjoy it and i think it's because who is this what is going on where are we i i really think that is the one major i would in this context knock as you say caleb on this book and the high republic as a whole is this really can't stand alone you you really need a lot i mean i can't even sit here and say oh you if you only read the comic it would make sense uh, like you need a decent amount of of high republic exposure for this to make sense yeah i mean i i, I... I was leaning towards it could stand out to him, but you make a very good argument. And here's the reason why I initially was leaning towards it could stand on its own, because they do a really good job of introducing what the mystery is. Like, there's this Jedi Master. He mm-hmm. is crumbled, mushy and gray, and in a pile of dust now, and we need to figure out why. That's obviously, uh, you know, pretty reductive in terms of, like, what's happened. But yeah, he, perfect timing on the slideshow. I mean, so we get that as like the opening thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> um, so that's that's why I was leaning towards that. However, there are so many characters and so many references that you have no idea. Like, um, you know, for, you you don't need to know who Master uh, you know Torben Buck is, but 
it's more enjoyable if you do. Uh, but then there's things like uh, Lena So and Stellan Geos. They play major roles in this story, even though they're not, you know, actually on the page for a long time. And so if I'm coming into this with no higher public knowledge, it's like, oh, there's this like bearded guy and this lady with some lions. It's like, you know, there's like no meaning behind these characters. So I would I now tend to agree with you that that you definitely need to know a little bit and know even about the Nihil. Like, how are you? I mean, obviously, they're bad guys. They have like all of the visual cues Mm -hmm. of bad guys. But, you know, how are you supposed to know all of the, you know, atrocities that they've committed and, and that I don't even think that you could know that they were the ones in in charge of this whole atrocity, even like without, without any backstories. And now that I'm thinking about it, totally, totally, you need a lot of reading. Yeah. So I'm going to go on the other end. Um, Ooh, okay. Oh, good. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. I, I intentionally tried to, and I know it's not fully possible because I have read this before and I do know all the context around it, but I did. It's been so long since I've read this um, and so long since I've read some of the other higher public mainline stuff, right. That I think it does do a phenomenal job of like one of my favorite films growing up was the bone collector. I don't know why, but it's very much in this setting. Angelina Jolie, Denzel Washington, but it's it's, growing up as uh in like in high school. Let's skip skip that part. (laughs) I need to Google this. It's a fantastic (laughs) film. I have questions, uh, but we'll we'll save it for 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 a post show. But I think it I think it fits the theme of the genre. Like you don't have to know everything that's going on because it will be unpacked um, through the course of the show, through the course of the issues. Um, and while there were, were moments like when Keeve popped up, I think they explained everything that happened um, there in the moment to get by. Um, I think this is also, it works in the way that Star Wars typically works, right? Like we, Star Wars started in the middle of a giant story with references to the Clone Wars and all of these other things that have been happening and going alongside. So I think that it would be interesting to give this to someone right off the bat. But I think that for the context of these characters, um, if all you knew was Emmerich and, um, I just blanked on her, and Cyan. Cyan. Yeah, I think that... um, you know, there's a greater story in this, but that uh, it's not necessary to understand this particular set of trades, um, this particular set of comics. And so I think the story here is like on its own, sure, it pushes beyond, um, but I think it gives enough. Yeah, this was a, a Jedi Master, a great Jedi Master who was husked and we don't really know why and what happened. Um, and that's that's it. And then you get to the end and it's these creatures are finally figuring it out and like, oh, like there's, there's more to this and I'm going to want to figure that out too. But this gives even, this gives more answers to the larger story anyways. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to have read this first and go, oh, I might want to read that. Um, the rest of these comics, I would have liked to have seen, um, particularly with the moment with Keeve, um, that it was like, this just happened. And I would have loved one of those little blocks that says, yeah. Uh, yeah. for more context, read the higher public mainline mm-hmm. issues, blah, 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 blah. I, j- I just got back into DC comics and it was yep. one issue, I swear there was five different references to other books. <laughs> so yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I could, I could see a world where if, if, if I handed this to someone and said, this is like a murder mystery noir story set in the star Wars universe, there are some big things that happen that you will probably eventually want more context to. But if this is all you have, I think it's a great story to pick up and read and be, be in the know and caught up with the essentials to move forward. I think and I, I could get down. We, we with need that. to give 
we need to give DJ O's credit because he mm-hmm. absolutely the story itself does give you a, a clear start and a clear end and yeah. ra- and and in five issues you get a very great story with great mm-hmm. characters. I just I feel like there's enough loose threads and uh, I may, maybe if I put it this way, the payoff from only reading the, these five issues compared to the payoff you get from reading even 50% of the High Republic is significantly different. So I do yeah, I will sure. agree with you that you can read just these five issues and 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 get a very good story. You get a better story if mm-hmm. you are are completely engrossed in in the rest of the content. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see see both you know sides of it. I think you know it's also it's I feel like it's also hard coming from all of our standpoints of having read you know some of us the right. entirety mm-hmm. of the Higher Public Initiative itself. So I think it's kind of hard to you know pretend like we haven't read anything it very um, much blends like yeah. in mm-hmm. that i don't remember what is is that in a book is that in the young adult right, which book? is, is that, good is that, that means that they're doing that the it comic? good yeah right exactly and he gave us everything i mean we saw oh, yeah, Avar, we saw stellan we saw buck we saw court like yeah. like yeah the, the payoff is there he was able to tie in every corner of his universe no elzar no, no Elzar. No Elzar art. <laughs> but he got a name drop though. That's fine. That's yeah. all he needs to know that people remembered him. So, so Timothy, uh, and for people that are, uh, you know, haven't been watching all of our High Republic episodes, this is a running theme. Um, so if you're new listening here, I also do some videos for you, Teeny. And I do, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of High Republic videos lately, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I did a Fallen Star recap. Elzar one of if not the biggest protagonists in that book and he only has like three pictures of him in existence so little art. <laughs> and <laughs> i was at like that time was star wars number 20 out yet i believe we only had the previews uh from so, starwars.com okay okay so i don't i don't really count that also because he looks like super old but i did i did use him though so it's like how many different ways can i crop this because i need about 20 <laughs> images of elzar turn it upside have... down yes no, invert the image yeah. colors black and white put some explosions Sign. behind him <laughs> so that's kind of the running joke uh please more elzar pictures please <laughs> And, uh, win. and and maybe yes. no more of Buck. We we may have seen <laughs> may have seen too much we've, Buck. We, we've seen all of Buck. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, catch the uh, the Living Force, the Higher Public Draft episode that I was on. There's a very funny moment. Uh, I had an idea during the ad break <laughs> of that involving him and my printer. So definitely check that out. Oh, all right. So good. So. Um, we touched on this a little bit, uh, but the story was marketed as a buddy cop camp murder mystery. Now, you know, that, that was where it started off at, but you know, not to drag, be sound too mean about it. Despite that, the climax of the mystery wasn't really deduced. It was explained to them by the villain they captured. And the final fight was won through the power of love. Uh, do you think this ending was kind of at odds with where the series started? Or was it just kind of, in Star Wars, like, they deserve a big explosive ending with a huge climactic fight? I mean, I honestly, I didn't really find it all that problematic. Like, 
I mean, now that you're like explaining it, I kind of, I kind of like <laughs> see the point a little bit. But <laughs> it hadn't really like it hadn't super crossed my mind. I mean, they kind of discuss. I mean, Cyan got to actually see what these things are, mm-hmm. and she's probably going to be able to go back and like describe to the council and to the Senate like what these things looked like and what they sounded like and you know what they maybe even felt like if she was able to touch one even and i i think i think they definitely got more out of it than maybe we can originally see you know in the comic i think when we put it all together it's like okay they've got the information from dr utterson and now they've also got uh science depiction of it as well as i mean they had court and buck um go kind of stand at the edge of its effectiveness and kind of feel what it was doing to them. Uh, You know, court makes it out. We know that Uh, we do not know about Buck. So we definitely have much more information. His clothes made it out. (laughs) Not (laughs) not his uh, sumo wrestler thing. Everything else did though. Thank goodness. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think if they go back, you know, they test the blood on that, on his, his robes, um, you know, take into account all of the descriptions from the Jedi that were able to feel them, uh, and science depiction as well. I think they could probably deduce like exactly what this thing is. I just don't think we're there yet in the story, and I think, you know, I, th- I think we're gonna get that hopefully soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have too much more to add to to that. I I, I think that that Emma summed it up pretty pretty well there. That, uh, um. I think it was a great, you know, I, it's hard to say, was it the ending that we expected? Because it's, you know, if, if we as the normal readers can predict the ending, does that Mm -hmm. kind of take away from the, you know, the creative powerhouses that these people are? So, uh, you know, I don't really ever look to an ending and say, Oh, I bet you this is how it's going to end. And, and, you know, I just, I'm kind of along for the ride. Um, and that ride was, was, was entertaining and, and, and had lots of, you know, highly tense moments and, and, and awful images and scary monsters. That, so I, I enjoy the entire ride. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Justin, oh. real quick in the chat, I totally forgot about this. Cyan also has the claw that she cuts off. I totally forgot about that. That's mm-hmm. insane amount of evidence mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. All of wave three, right? The ending is a tease. It's a giant tease yeah. for what we will hope to get in like a couple of years now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I love that this story was able to, um, both give us as readers answers that we have been looking for for a long time um, and helped maybe give a little bit of closure while also um, still pushing us on to whatever comes next. Um, and I feel like the mark of a good a good book, a good comic is when I finish it, do I wish that I had more of it? And I absolutely do wish I had more of this here. Um, so I can't wait to see what they do. Um, and I'm I'm glad that we got it the way we did. Absolutely. One thing I would like to say is um, I feel like if we were to, I was trying to explain the series to someone like a newcomer, I feel like it would be almost a little reductive to say it's, you know, it's like a uh, murder mystery because it doesn't really follow through with that. I feel like it's a little bit more towards like 007 James Bond than it is Sam Spade. How would you guys feel about that? that description like it's more a like it's a little bit more james bondy though you know mystery sort of thing than it is like a, a, a like a noir detective i'll answer your question with a know. question who is sam spade i, I am right there with emma <laughs> uh, he, agreed <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sam Spade is your archetypical uh, noir detective. Okay, you know, okay. I, I can work uh, with okay, that. Okay, okay. I can okay. work with that. Um, ooh, that's kind of a hard question. I Is it kind of a cop-out to say it's a mix of both? Because I'm not really no. I don't. I don't think it's like. I don't think it leans too heavily into the noir type of stuff. It certainly influences it a lot, but it's not full on James Bond because they're not. I don't think that there's enough action for it to be full James Bond. I guess <laughs> it does end on a giant exploding space station. I mean that's and, true. And also, that's true. I'm kind of taking it as a whole, I guess. And and I also <laughs> I there's a certain. <sighs> relationship mm. that goes alongside the idea of 007 that doesn't is it necessarily except for the except for the daniel craig relationship a healthy equal mm. relationship and that is not how i would describe uh cyan and and emmerich's relationship okay. so oh, I, I think i know what you're talking about so People are Emmerich's not, me, a, not, not I, a womanizer. Emmerich's not a womanizer. People are gonna yell at me, and, but I've never and, seen a James Bond movie. So you're talking about like the you're, talk, you're talking about the Bond girls, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. The, I get there it are very yeah, I there is macho man sort of. It's kind of hard for me to, to explain on the spot, but there is very much a a clear, distinct way in how 007 again, excluding the Daniel Craig version views and treats women and okay. and and it's not a, and not in a positive light not in an awful light either I, but I in, a, wanna, in a pre-90s legendsy way yes exactly okay. that's yes. a very good mm, yeah yes. we yeah this this very much she did not feel like she was kind of relegated to being a bond girl cyan was was yes. much more than yeah. that um very much holds her own and is one of the most respected detectives in her division right so yeah. like i mean the freaking um, senate went to ask for her specifically you know yeah 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 so no I, I don't feel like any of that was there um i guess i could see where it could have been made campy to to feel like a little bit more like a like an older 007 thing but i, I didn't really pick up on those vibes i guess this felt uh this felt much more like curl up on the couch with the fireplace on and you want to read a murder mystery. This is what that felt like to me. Yeah, I can see so. that. Yeah. So All right. Really. So that's it. Should we get, I was going to say, should we get to our ratings? Yes. So again, for, uh, since this is the first time we on the uh, cosmic force are doing this, we have redone our rating systems instead of uh, one for 10 or a numerical rating. We're now putting it into various categories, starting from the bottom. It, we were, we start with a mediocre, then to fair, good, incredible, and then lastly, masterpiece. So uh, let's go around the uh, table here. Uh, who wants to start first? Uh, Tyler, do you want to start? Sure. I think this is a pretty solidly incredible book. Um, it is hard for me to, to consider it a masterpiece when I have such a strong position on how much the difference is, uh, of enjoyment you get if you were to read all of the High Republic versus if you were to only read this. Um, if this could stand up on its own a little bit more, I, I could entertain the masterpiece. But, but with that being said, it is still incredible. It is still, it is, if you are reading all of the High Republic and you read no comics, you must pick this up. 
because the explanation as to what the nameless are, especially in relation to the adult books and the fallen star, um, it, you have to pick this up because there are there are very important elements of those stories that are in this book. So that's I, I mean, on, on, it's essential uh, if you're you know if if you're reading the High Republic. Uh, so, uh, like I said, a very strong, incredible. All right, Emma, why don't you uh, give us your statement? Yeah, um, I am going to give it an incredible as well. Um, I'm not 100% sure what's keeping me from making it a masterpiece. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, it definitely is grounded in the High Republic era more than a lot of other comics I think we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, it's kind of grounded in other things is what I guess I'm trying to say. Uh, but I really enjoyed this a lot. Uh, the characters, you know, Emmerich and Cyan, uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, Emmerich is now one of one of my favorite High Republic Jedi, you know, easily in the top 10. And uh, I just like the way that, that he was portrayed. I love the way that Cyan was portrayed. Uh, I really like Daniel Jose Older's writing in this. It was really great. Uh, the art was fantastic. It was chilling when it needed to be. It was noir when it needed to be. It just did what it needed to when it needed to do it. And I thought that was great. The monsters and the nursery rhyme, all of that. It was so creepy and so eerie. and But all of that, like... You know, I think I've mentioned before, like, I'm not a huge, like, you know, horror fan or anything like that. Um, however, this is certainly something that made me more intrigued than it did to kind of, like, push me away from it, I would say. Like, you know, I, I want to know more about these, you know, these monsters, you know, the, the Shriek Harai. Um, I want to know, like, where they come from. And I think all of that stuff would be just... Very, very interesting. I want to know more about this nursery rhyme. Why do they keep coming across this nursery rhyme? It's so freaky. And I also want to know why they would sing it to the children. Like, <laughs> I want the real answers. And, um, yeah, ultimately, I just came out of this, like, asking more questions, but in a good way. Like, I feel like sometimes that can be bad, like, if it didn't include enough detail or something like that. But this is certainly in a good way. It, it really only piqued my interest. So... I certainly hope that we get more of this story, not only with like the whole monster thing, but I desperately, desperately want a, you know, buddy cop novel with Emmerich and Cyan. I don't even care if it's an adult novel, a YA novel. <laughs> it could be middle grade. It could be a picture book. I would read it. Uh, so definitely, uh, definitely incredible for me. It was uh, the characters and, and the plot were too good for it to be any lower. All right, Timothy. What's your statement? Yeah, um, I could easily put it into incredible, but I think for me, this is going to be in the masterpiece category. Um, I like it. I like yeah, it. I, uh, I, I think everything about the story excels. Like it just hits time and time again. I remember reading it the first time through um, issue to issue, month to month. Um, and I could not wait for more. Um, Daniel Jose Older just completely blows the writing out of the water. He is, you can tell he's in his element um, and he's writing characters that he really knows and enjoys. 
um, Dave, the, the combo of Dave Watcher as the artist and Giada Marchisio and the colorist, um, like they, the colors pop so much. Mm. The characters are terrifying. Um, you can read emotions so well. Um, I think through and through this five issues is one of the best five issues, um, of any Star Wars comic that I think I could pick up. Like it's probably one of my favorite trades of all time, to be honest. Um, so yeah, the more I think about it, the, the more I think I want to put it in the masterpiece category. Um, it didn't, it didn't let me down. It started, started off with a bang and I just loved it through and through. The first masterpiece on the cosmic force. You love to see it. Exactly. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that leaves me and I feel conflicted. Like, I think I agree with like pretty much everything Tyler said is it's, it's definitely incredible for me. I, I wish I could say it's a masterpiece, but I feel like there's just a little bit too much um, outside sources needed. As I said, when I'm reading it and I'm seeing like Sarah and Tarek come back in, I'm seeing like literally like the same panels from the uh, from the uh, High Republic Adventures. That's so incredible. That's so it's such a great master stroke there. But uh, like when I'm trying to uh, review it just as a standalone sort of um just by itself, just as volume, I think I'm going to say incredible, but like it, if you are like us and you have read the rest of the High Republic, I think it could easily be considered a masterpiece, but just for this volume itself, just for these five issues as a standalone, they are incredible. That will be my uh, statement. Very good. High praise all around. I love Justin's statement too. He said, if it was a longer series, it might push it over the edge. Um, Like seeing the story and the art's amazing. Seeing the nameless portrayed added a lot. Mm. Um, I could definitely see if, if this was expanded further, either a little bit pre this story, or even just pushed a little bit, a little bit more out. If, if it turned into an eight to 10 issue thing, I could definitely see it packing more of a punch for sure. Totally. And I like the fact that, I like the fact that all four of us were not the same mm-hmm. uh, that, that, so I, uh, like, like I said, I rated incredible, but I love the fact that, that Timothy, that you, that you think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. So, yep. all right, Timothy, you were tasked with the Easter eggs for this little, uh, little thing. Well, and, uh, there weren't that many. So yeah. So what I'm not going to throw my, my friend Timothy under bus. Uh, I was kind of going to do Easter eggs, but then I totally forgot until about three o'clock. And it's like, oh, no, there's well, nothing Timothy, here. You are uh, tasked with reading the Easter eggs yes, that were, yes, that yes, were yes. found in this book. Yeah. So I, I think the big one, right, is that we now know officially what these creatures um, are named um, and that they're the nameless, as ironic and funny as that is. Um, and it the first time that we hear this um, is from a prophecy in Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. Um, so this is pretty much where this comes in. The quote, um, the prophecy, if you'll remember, is only through the sacrifice of many Jedi will the order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. Um, oh. and there's a very strong chance that these are correlated, um, and could clean up a lot of stuff, um, oh, through the sacrifice of men. dude. How did you remember that? Uh, <laughs> it was, it was just it, it, immediately. I mean, master and apprentice is such a masterpiece of a book anyways. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I always have a thing for Jedi lore, Kyber lore prophecies, give it all to me. Um, and so I, when I saw this, I was like, everybody's dying in the high Republic. And, and so maybe this that's... is just one of those lingering prophecies yeah. that no one ever was like stamped. This one was finished. Um, <laughs> Something so. that, that I like here, uh, Caleb, did you, you put this in the notes? No, that, this is all Timothy. 
this is all this Tim, so timothy you copied this verbatim from master and apprentice mm-hmm. because what something that caught my eye and i wanted to ask that before is that in this quote the nameless is lowercase mm-hmm. yeah that's however that's some of the... as you were reading that it's like oh what if that's nameless with a big n Mm-hmm. And that's how that's wow. That was that was a very, very that's nice hard hitting find right stuff. there. Yeah. I mean, there have been so many, so many pulls to the High Republic already. I mean, yeah. it, like there is stuff that's happening in the the current storytelling from the original trilogy and the prequels. I mean, obviously for Master Apprentice, like High Republic has been in the works for so long. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They've been tagging and teasing this stuff out. Um, I mean, yeah, Kevin Scott like writing Dooku Jedi recent. Lost. Yeah, right. Um, Dooku Jedi Lost came about sometime like right around that that era. And that's yeah. when we first heard about Master Trennis, I think. Yeah. And um, Kylo Ren. Know, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's all these cool plugs and this one, this one was a big one um, because everybody, as soon as this, the last issue came out, I remember online kind of blew up temporarily of like, Oh my God, is this them? Is this That's that? awesome. Um, so I hope so. Um, and I think so. Um, so that. it'll be interesting to see how, how it plays out. I'm very yeah, excited. I'm going to be keeping my eye on that for yeah, sure. That's, that's awesome. I really <laughs> hope I that, like... that this is, this pays off. And I can't remember for sure either um, if, whether it was in uh, the Fallen Star or if it was in um, the Eye of the Storm comics. I can't remember, but I feel like at some point there was mention um, about how these things, how the Nameless like hate the Jedi or like like something bad had happened to them. So it makes that was the uh, Eye of the Storm. That, that sounds. I was gonna say that sounds okay. like eye I didn't want to get super spoilery or anything, but yeah, I feel like I feel like there was something there um, that makes this fit even more so. That's interesting. Like you don't, I I don't know why it kind of makes me think of like the Drangir, how the Jedi trapped them or the, somebody trapped them. The Sith. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. Sith. Sith, Yeah. They like trapped Mm -hmm. them in those artifacts on the Maxine station. Right. So like, I wonder if, you know, that was like a bad thing done to the Drangir. I wonder what bad thing the Jedi did to the nameless. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Good stuff. We shall see in what? It, no, no sooner than October. No, October is only phase two. Backwards, yeah. So yeah. we got, yeah. We're, we're this is gonna yeah, be we're at least a year out, probably. Yeah, this is gonna <laughs> We've be, gotta be for, patient for, around for a while. All right, twenty twenty four. Before we get out of here tonight, uh, Emma, you've got some very important uh, announcements for the next week of content. So I'm gonna turn it over to you before we wrap up. Absolutely. So usually this is the part of the show where. I go down the list of all three of our live shows and talk about uh, what everybody's talking about that week. But we're all talking about the same thing this week, uh, or not this week, sorry, next next week, week. next week. Uh, And that is Kenobi. It is our Utini Kenobi crossover week. It is very, very exciting. Uh, So the dates for this uh, starts May 15th. Uh, that is in four days. Yes, it starts on, was that Sunday? Sunday, I believe, with Star Wars Archives. Or Saturday. I can't do math. My brain. Uh, anyways, um, so we got the schedule for you, a uh, schedule of events. It doesn't include some things. We want to keep some things a little bit of a surprise for you. Uh, but Monday on The Living Force, it kicks off with um, a Kenobi character spotlight. So that's just kind of highlighting a lot of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff through canon and elsewhere. Uh, and then 
Uh, Wednesday, right here on the Cosmic Force, uh, we are discussing from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is um, from the Star Wars 2015 series. And uh, it was kind of a, you know, a little arc in there. Uh, and then Thursday on Legends Look Back, uh, they are discussing the uh, Kenobi book by John Jackson Miller, which will be really interesting. Uh, and it's actually going to be my first time reading that. So very exciting. Um, Friday on Utini Game Nights, um, we are playing something with Obi-Wan. We're still not 100% sure. I know Wes was trying to figure out how to run the old Obi-Wan game from the like original Xbox, trying to figure out how to run that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but either way, it'll be something that has to do with Obi-Wan. And then uh, yeah, Saturday on the Star Wars Archives, uh, it is The Ben Years, which is a very exciting title um, because we don't get to see a whole lot of that era of Obi-Wan. So really excited to see what they have to say on that. Uh, and obviously, uh, that that is it for like our scheduled content, uh, but there's going to be much more uh, from all of our teams. I know we've got a video coming out and a couple other surprises for everybody. Uh, so you're probably wondering... What should you read if you want to follow along with all of these uh, events? Uh, and I will tell you, uh, you can pick up Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, uh, which was recently released as part of the Essential Legends collection. Uh, and you can also get it as an unabridged audiobook now as well as part of that Essential Legends collection. Uh, and you can get it for free, actually, utini.com slash audible. Uh, you can Use a free trial of Audible, get a book on us. It could be Kenobi. It could be whatever book you want, but we all have Kenobi fever. Let's face it. You're going to want it to be Kenobi. Uh, you can also pick up from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, that is to, uh, you can participate in our show by doing that. Uh, and we have an affiliate link. Uh, and I did put that in the description as well as the affiliate link uh, for Kenobi. So yeah, that is what's coming up next week. It's going to be a huge week. We're going to be talking Kenobi, and then the week after that, we're going to be talking about Kenobi even more, but for different reasons, because finally, finally, the Obi-Wan TV show is coming soon, and this is all obviously in celebration of that celebration. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah, not do that on it's, purpose. <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, May is, May is always a great, great time of year. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's on purpose because of May 4th. Um, but May always seems to be a great time of year for, for Star Wars fans. Um, and, and now more than ever, uh, you know, yeah. we've had May 4th, we've had free comic book day. We've got the Kenobi series coming up. We've got celebration coming up. Uh, it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Absolutely. So be sure to, to join all of us, all of our shows live uh, right here on youtube.com slash Utini to make sure that you're watching all the shows um, because yeah, we're going to have, we, we, we've got a lot of fun, fun, things planned for you so Absolutely. all right i think that is going to do it for this week's episode of the cosmic force don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on youtube where you can hear us live every wednesday night at eight o'clock eastern or we encourage you to subscribe to our audio version on whatever podcast platform you listen to you can also find us on twitter and tweet at the show at cosmic force to stay informed about star wars comics happenings or follow the host individually i'm at ty rags emma is at irma jedi 26 caleb is at caleb lamanick and timothy is at tc guthrie too. 
for reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the expanded universe, be sure to visit utd.com. We also encourage you to join our UTD Discord community by going to utd.com slash Discord. And you can help support the show by heading to patreon.com slash and start receiving ex- exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to OK Endar, Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl, Earl Q, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, as well as Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their continued amazing support. Thank you again to Emma, Caleb, and Timothy for hosting with me tonight. A special thank you to those of you that were that joined us live in the chat, and an extra special thank you to our listeners for joining us uh, on the audio f- uh, show uh, wherever and whenever you are listening to us. We truly appreciate you. We hope to see everybody again next week, but until then, may the Force be with you. 